0: All right, that's my child, just to let you all know. <laughs> Very proud of her. We were working on that last night. She's like, i got to do this. So we were sitting on the uh, computer last night looking up scriptures for her, and she was, um, she was excited. So we, um, I had to record a video of her practicing it last night, too. So The cool thing about Lana doing that, and it's not just Lana herself doing that, but the, the mentality of as... Parents, we try to further our children. We try to raise our children up to do the things that we want them to do, but also to be greater than us. And it it comes down to a a, um, a father-mother mentality of we're going to take what we see, the gifts that we see in in a person, and we're not going to mold them into what we want them to be, but we're going to allow them and and facilitate them to grow into what God has placed in them. They're going to grow into what God has gifted them to do. I can't do what Sarah does. Sarah can't do what I do. I can't make my child in my image. God made them in His image. So when He makes them in His image, God is has every gift that we possibly can have, that each one of us may have a separate gift. God has facil- created those gifts, so He's going to place those gifts in each one of us. He's going to place a gift of... of um, of compassion in one person that may be greater than the compassion in another person. He may put a teaching gift or a speaking gift in another person, but God is going to put a gift. So when I, when my daughter says, I want to do this, I'm not going to get up there and say, well, you've got to go into five scriptures, explain what, where the, the tithe, tithe comes in the, um, in the Hebraic form. I'm telling her, here, take something and start. So when we do that, when we see a gift in somebody, we want to take their gift and say, you know what, let's start you out by doing something small. And let's get them going because you know what it does? It builds confidence and starts to build identity that they can relate to God, see who God is, and talk to people about God. So for her, that was she was nervous all night. Last night, she's running around the house. She's like, am I going to do it right? Am I going to do it right? I'm like, don't worry. You're going to do it right. She is going. You're going to be fine. So she was excited about that, and I think she did a great job. So you guys can um, shower her with gifts and other rewards after. So (laughs) just kidding. Um, No, I'm not. so, if you guys turn to your Bible, we're going to turn to James. Um, do you guys remember what Sarah talked about last week? Being significant, being having a significant part in the body of Christ. That was an, that was a great word she was talking to me earlier this week. She's so like, I listened to myself, and it was like it was weird hearing myself, but I ministered to myself hearing what I preached. And I'm like, okay, I'm like that's good. You know, when you're preaching to yourself, that there's something that God's working on. So, uh, a couple weeks ago, I talked about being a hearer of the Word. Hearing the Word of God, understanding the Word of God, and doing what God has asked you to do. So many times, we we hear the Word of God, and we say, Okay, God, we're going to hear your Word, or I'm trying to hear your Word, but there's many ways that God speaks to us. First of all, God speaks to us in His Word. First of all. That is the first way that God speaks to us. We can go to His Word and find out what He is saying to us for our lives for that situation and for our circumstances at that moment. There's never been a time where I've gone to God's word when I'm dealing with something and said, "You know what? There's just nothing in here to relate to the situation I'm working I'm dealing with right now. It's impossible. It's impossible to go to God's word and say, "You know what? There's nothing in this book that can relate to where what I'm going through and in my mindset what I'm dealing with right now. Whether it's doubt, depression, uh, anger, um, Uh, sadness, whatever it is, there's always something in God's Word that will bring us life and bring us to hope in Him. So, I talked about being a hearer of the Word. We need to be able to hear God, learn how to hear from God, learn how to hear His Word, whether it's through uh, a message, whether it's through um, a word from somebody, whether it's God's Word, whether it's through prayer, whether it's just the Holy Spirit working in your life. He's going to give you words. He's going to give you wisdom and things that you need to hear in order to further on in his in your walk with him. Excuse me. So if you guys turn to James one, we're going to start in twenty, verse th- uh, through twenty seven. It Says human anger does not produce righteousness, God's desires. So get rid of all filth and evil in your lives, and humbly accept the word of God. Excuse me, humbly accept the word of God that has planted it, that is planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word, but you must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at yourself in the mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law, you look carefully, excuse me, if you look perfectly into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you have heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are a fool and you're fooling yourself. And your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion, excuse me, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God and the Father means caring for orphans, widows, in their distress, and refusing to let the world corrupt you. So, we talked about, two weeks ago, about being a hearer of the Word, hearing God's Word, being able to hear from what His Word says. Have you guys ever read your Bible, and you read it once, and it's like, that's great, uh, that, that ministered to me. And then you go back and read that exact same scripture, and it does something completely different for your heart. And you're like, God. I never thought, I never thought that God was working in me through that scripture, because he worked in, in that scripture about something completely different from that subject. But God's word will change your life, because what you do is you read it, and God does. says, okay, I'm working on you in this situation, in this, in this part of your life, I'm working on it right now. And so God says, this is the scripture I'm going to work, use to work on you. And then you'll, a year from now, you'll go back and man, man, I remember God worked on me in this situation, but now he's working on something completely different with the same word. Because what happens is, is when we are able to hear his word, it changes us. Now James says, be slow to speak, quick to, excuse me, quick to speak, no, quick to listen, slow to speak. There we go. Yeah, don't be quick to speak. I've I've had that problem before. Um, usually I put my foot in my mouth. Um, but, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce righteousness that God desires. And then he says in verse 26, do not merely listen to the Word. So we're supposed to listen to the Word, but James says, do not just listen to the Word, but be a doer of the Word. So, you when know, a lot of people... Hear doer of the word. We first thing that comes to mind is what? What do you think when you hear being a doer of the word? My wife, you can't answer this. This is this, you know all about this. So what? What is the first thing that comes to mind when you hear doer of the word? I've got to do something, right? I need to make, have action behind what I'm hearing. My wife always has the answers. And I just can't, I, I don't ask her the questions. So, James says, don't just listen to the Word. Don't just hear the Word preached on a Sunday morning and go, yeah, that was great, and then go home and go, hey, what's for dinner? I'm going to do that tonight because I haven't had breakfast and I didn't eat dinner. So, I'm going to go home and go, what's for dinner? No, what's for yeah, what's for lunch, what's for dinner, whatever. It uh, doesn't matter. I'm going to eat. But don't just g- have the Word spoken to you. Ha- read the Word of God and then just be like, yeah, oh, that was good. Okay, move on to the next thing. God says, James, speaking to James, he says, listen to the word and do what the word says. Apply it to your life. We talked about being hearers and being able to hear God. When God asks us to do something, if we don't do it, what is it? I'll answer that for you. It's rebellion. When God asks you to do something and you don't do it, it's called Rebellion. We're rejecting what God's wisdom is for our life. We're saying, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to do that. It may be too hard. It may be um, you're not ready for it and you just don't want to do it or whatever. But God says, if you hear my word, do it. But if I ask you to do something, don't be rebellious. We all know that the kingdom of God is always advancing. Whether we see it or not, God's kingdom is always moving forward, always taking ground. We may think, oh man, it's just not going the way, my life isn't going the way I want it, and it seems like everything's bad in the world, but the kingdom of God is always advancing. You know, we, we see the persecution in the church, and, and everybody's like, they're killing Christians. Yeah, but you know what happens is, they kill ten of them, a hundred more show up. They kill a hundred, a 1, thousand more show up. As believers, we're called to hear the word, and to put action behind what we've heard. Take, put action behind our faith that we have in God. There's a Greek word, and um, it's called poioetis, and it basically means a poet or creativity. That word is the Greek word for doer. The Greek word for doer in the Greek means a poet or creativity. It says we, God's word says we must be doers. So if, if the Greek word says that we're doers of the word, and, and the Greek, in the form of it, means that we have creativity in us, don't we think that we should find every avenue, every creative way we can to possibly put the word of God into application? How are we going to take the word of God and apply it to our lives, but also apply it into other people's lives? James says we must be doers of the word and not just hearers only. We're not talking about religious acts. We're not talking about I'm going to do things to make sure that God's happy and then I can purchase my own redemption. Make ourselves right with God. A lot of people believe that well, I'm just going to keep doing things and maybe God will be happy with me. I'm just going uh, to keep doing this and then that will please God. God is already pleased with us. God is already happy with you. He has no um, anger towards you. He doesn't want you to, um, you know, have bad things happen to you. But God says that it's not a religious, it's not an act of uh, religion. It's not something that you do to please him. God says, do it because you love me. Be a doer of the word because you love me. Be a doer of the word because I loved you, you sent my son as an action for you. You know, everybody's like, I need the mercy of God. Jesus is the mercy of God. Everybody's like, God's mercy is so great. Yes, it is, because his mercy was the form of Jesus. The ultimate form of mercy of God was him sending his son. Jesus was the mercy of God in in a human form. So, when we see James say, I'm going to be a doer of the word. James is saying, be a doer of the word. Don't just listen. Because if we just listen... How many of you guys have ever listened to something and you're like, yep, I'm totally not going to do that? (laughs) You all raise your hands. You all know you did that. You know, Like when you were a kid or a boss or whatever and you're sitting there and you're like, you're you're listening to them and you're like, oh yeah, yeah. And in your head you're like, nope, not going to do it. Not going to do it. Like, hey, you need to be here at this moment and do this and you need to do this. Yep, not going to do it. Not going to do it. That's how... We are when we are hearers of the word only and not doers. Oh, that was good. I like that, but I'm not going to do it. It makes me feel good, but I don't want to do it. James is talking about hearing what God has to say to us from his word and putting a physical and spiritual action behind it. Spiritual action is faith. Putting our faith behind what God's word says and bringing it into our physical so many times we we want to, oh, I just I like to hear the word of God, but I, I I'm embarrassed or I don't want to do something or I'm not I'm not that person to go out and, and say things to people. So Ephesians two ten, we're going to read this. This is a, uh, the Voice translation. It says, "For we are the product of God's hands, heaven's poetry etched on, on lives created in the anointed Jesus to accomplish the good works God has arranged long ago." So in that scripture one of the different translations says we are God's handiwork. The root for handiwork is poema, which is the same root word that brings creativity. So it talks about how we are God's handiwork and we're a doer. So if God's, if the, the same root word has doer and handiwork in it, doesn't that make you think that God is doing something always? Everybody's like, God created the earth and it was great. God is always creating He's creating life every day. Without God, we would not be able to live on this earth. God is creating new plants. He's creating new things. The fact that we are still spinning on this axis is the handiwork of God. He is creating. He is keeping life in balance. We can say, well, I just don't see God's handiwork. Yes, we do. We can look outside and we can see the plants coming up through the ground. You know, like my yard, after the snow plow go, guy has been coming through this, this uh, winter, it looked horrible. It was like, man, this looks like crap. i got to go out and get grassy. I'm going to have to get that spray fertilizer stuff to, to make the grass grow. And then a couple days ago, I go outside. I'm like, where would all this grass come from? Like, okay, the guy just scraped up like three inches of, of dirt off our yard. I'm like, where would all this grass come from? Because that's God creating. That's God putting, being a doer, his handiwork being ap- applied into our lives. So the Greek means of handiwork means poema, which is creativity, which is being a doer. God used his best efforts, his best creativity, when he recreated us. When we were born again, when he recreated us in Jesus Christ, he used his best and his greatest creativity to bring us reborn into Christ Jesus. God gave all of us a bright, sharp, creative mind. Some, are, some people are more creative than others. Some people just look at something and say, I can create something from this. You ever met one of those people that they can look at a junk pile and say, oh, I'm just going to make this, and then you know a couple of days later you come back and they're like, yeah, I, I threw this together real quick. And you're like, how do you do that? There certain people God has given that creative ability because they're connected with, God gives them those thoughts, those ideas on how to look at something and say, I can create something out of nothing. That's God in them. If some man can take a big pile of scrap metal and turn it into something beautiful, that's God's creativity. That's God's heart and mind in him creating, that, creating something out of nothing. So if God can create man out of dust, take dust and form us into man, and a guy can take a bunch of scrap metal and turn it into something really amazing, don't you think that is God in him? God's creativity that has put into his heart, and into his mind. So God gave us all bright and sharp minds and we are connect- when we're connected to the heart of the Father. When we are, um, when we are in tune with Him, when we when we hear God, we um, our thoughts, our ideas start to, to come alive. You guys ever ask, ever been dealing with a situation or dealing, trying to do something? and You're like, God, I need an idea for this. I need creativity. I need you to give me an idea of how to build this or. Uh, do this class, or, or do a, an assignment, or do a paper. I need something to do, and then all of a sudden, boom, something comes into your head. Because God gives us thoughts and ideas and creativity because He is a creative God. If you if you look at the human body of, uh, how it functions, how it operates, God was so creative. The fact that we have we're basically I don't remember how much water we are. We're basically all water, and the fact that God created us out of dust. And that we're completely water. It, it, it's, it's mind-boggling on how creative that God is. So, God is the most creative person I know because he takes something and makes something out of nothing. He takes dirt and says, I'm going to create man into my image. He could have just said, boom, here's a man, but he ta- takes what he's already created takes earth, takes dust and says, you know what, see this this little bit of sand here? I'm going to create man in my image out of this. He could have just said, hey, I'm going to make man, boom, there's man, and man could have shown up. But he said, I'm going to create something. Look at the Bible. Look at at the, the books of the Bible. The Holy Spirit inspired those men to write the Bible. They gave them the thoughts, they gave them the creativity of how to explain Jesus, how to explain what he did on the cross, the resurrection. The Holy Spirit inspired people, gave them thoughts and ideas of how to write about God. So many times we're like, well, I just don't know what to do. I I love God, but I don't know what to do. God is not short on ideas of how to further his kingdom. The kingdom doesn't, God doesn't say, well, I think this week we're going to do this one thing for my kingdom to advance and then we'll move on to the next idea. God's like, I have all these ideas how my kingdom will work. You just got to find it in my word, hear what my word has to say and put it into application. Put it into practice what he says. He's not short on ideas. He's just waiting for us to act upon them. One thing about God is this. is He's not just going to throw things at you. He requires you to ask. God doesn't just say, oh, by the way, here you go. God says, seek and you shall find. The kingdom of God is not an easily found thing. When we are born again, God comes to us and says, here, I'm here. Born again. Well, what happens is, is the kingdom is kind of like a mystery. He expects us to seek and find out what the kingdom of God is about. He doesn't reveal the entire kingdom to us in one Sitting. He doesn't say, well, you know what, here you go. Here's the entire kingdom, my entire kingdom, my entire plan in one sitting. He says, you know what, as you grow, as you become a doer of the word, I'm going to reveal the kingdom to you. A little mystery by a little mystery. Little idea by little idea. So God is revealing his kingdom, his purpose to you, but it's not all going to be in one big lump sum. He's saying, I'm going to give you my, my ideas on the thoughts and thoughts on the kingdom, how my kingdom operates, how my kingdom functions, but it's not going to be like, oh, here you go. Because what we we do would be like, I don't know what to do with all this. I don't know what to do with all this. You guys ever been carrying a lot of stuff and you don't know what to You're trying to, you know, you're holding this and your you're chin on top of me, and then everything just got, then you're like, you get up to the door and you're like, you try to get the door open with your foot or you try to kick it open, or, and then you drop everything. That's how we would be if God said, here's all my wisdom on the kingdom, here is my kingdom. Go ahead and try to hold on to this. But God gives us little pieces by little pieces. Grows in us. Seeds planted. Seeds planted. Fruit. Fruit. Seek him. He reveals his mysteries of his, of his kingdom to you. So, as the children of God, as sons, in, uh, sons of God, we are doers of the word. They, as sons of God, we hear the word and we say, God, how do I put your word into action? How do I hear your word and put it into action? We don't wait and say, "Okay, God, just I'm just going to wait here. I heard your word. I'm just going to wait here for you to give me ideas." God says, "Seek and you shall find. Ask and it shall be opened to you. If you ask Him, He's going to open things up in your mind to be creative. God makes people in His image. He didn't make us not to think." What happens is, is this is, believers will sit down and say, "Okay, I heard the word, now I'm just going to sit here." And if God wants me to do something, He'll tell me to do something." He's already told us to do something. Jesus already said, "Go out and make disciples of men." He doesn't really have to tell us much more than that. He basically had his 12, or his, his 11 there, and he said, "Go out and make disciples of men." I'm not going to give you every creative way to do it, but go do it. You look at uh, Peter and, and um, Peter, he's, he's on his way to the temple. He's going out to preach the gospel into the temple and there's a man sitting alongside the road and he's waiting there and, and he, he's begging. He's like, gold, give me some coins. Give me. He, goes, he goes, I don't have money to give you. First of all, because I'm being hunted down. But he goes, what I do have, I will give you. Peter is taking what God's word said, what Jesus said, And he's being a doer of the word. He's putting it into action. He says, what I do have, I will get. Take up your mat and walk. And the man is healed. Peter is not waiting for God to give, to throw something into his lap. He sees an opportunity. He gets creative and says, you know what? I don't have money, but what I'm going to give you is better than that. What I'm going to give you, you can have your, you can make your own money. You won't have to wait for people to give you money. God's creativity is, more, is even more, more mind-blowing than what we can even imagine. We think God gave you a great idea, and you're like, that's a great idea, that's awesome. But God's like, I've got six more steps for you to go. And if He gave it to you all, you'd be like, I don't know what to do with this. An authentic church, a real church, does not sit, the real body of Christ does not sit around and wait for someone else to do it. We can't be a hearer of the Word and sit around and wait for someone else to do it. We can't be a doer of the word and go, well, I heard the word, yep, that was great, and now I'm waiting for somebody else to do it. Hey, do you want to go do this? The church doesn't grow that way. The body of Christ does not grow by waiting around for someone else to do it. We've seen too much of that in the past. We've watched people wait around, wait for the word of God, hear it, and say, you know what? Mm, I'm okay. Nothing would ever get done. Um, I was... uh, I don't remember who I was talking to or if I heard this, but I think Sarah was mentioning it to me or heard it. Uh, Joyce Meyer is a a very uh, well-known speaker, but she um, was praying one time and he said, God, why do you want me to do what I'm going to do? He goes, because I called three men to do it and they wouldn't do it. So... Marilyn Hickey? Sorry. I totally screwed that one up. But anyway, that Marilyn Hickey. She said, God, why did you call me to do this? She goes, I, I call many men to do what you're doing, but they would not take action. They would not be a doer of the Word. Thank you, Sarah. So God says, I'm asking you to do, be a doer of the Word. It's your choice to be in your action to do it. You have the right to do it. You have the right not to do it. It's not a, you know, dictatorship, but God says, "If you love me, because I loved you, you will listen to my word and do what my word tells you to do." But what does James say? He says, "Do not merely listen to the word and so to deceive yourselves, do what it says. What does he say? Do not deceive yourselves. are we deceiving ourselves? What do they call Satan? The deceiver. Satan is called the deceiver in the Bible. But James says, if we, don't, we hear the word, we don't do it, we're deceiving ourselves. We're doing Satan's job for him. He sits down and says, oh, I don't have to do anything. You're doing my job for me. Thank you. I don't even have to try anything because you're not listening to what God says. You're hearing the word, but not doing it. Then you're deceiving yourself and saying, it's like, oh, my job is a lot easier. I don't even have to put any effort forward to do this. So why are we doing his job? Why are we aligning ourselves with him and doing his job for him? It's like taking, going to a, a conference or going to church and hearing an amazing word, hearing something that changes your life, and go home and say, you know what? I'm just not going to apply it. It's like the doctor. You get a burn and the doctor's like, you need to put this cream on this burn. You have a big third degree burn. You're like, I'm just not going to apply it. It'll be okay. Like, hey, you have a flesh eating bacteria on your leg, but you need to apply this and it'll take it away. Mm, just not going to apply that. God says, don't, or James says, don't deceive yourselves because Satan's trying to deceive you anyway. You've got someone who's trying to deceive you, so why are you deceiving yourselves and not putting what God's Word says into action? We can't come to church, we can't listen to the Word of God, read the Word of God, and say, you know what? I just don't feel like doing anything with it. I just don't feel like doing anything with the Word of God today. It just, you know, I don't know. It just, I don't want to do anything. You can't expect your life to change and then be like, you know what, life is good. God changed my life, but I'm just not going to apply what he has asked me to do or what he's showing me to do. Sometimes we we don't do what God asks us. Sometimes we're not that doer of the word because sometimes we don't do it out of fear. God changes our heart, changes our mind, and we're like, I'm just scared to do this. God asks you to do something, you're like, I'm scared to do what God has asked me to do. I don't know what He He, he I'm going to do. Sometimes we do it out of fear. Sometimes we do it out of, um, or we don't do it out of fear. Sometimes we don't do it out of uh, shame or guilt or just uh, a lack of understanding or not knowing what God quite wants us to do. But acting upon the Word is like learning how to swim. You know, when you're four, your mom takes you, or three, or, or whatever, she takes you into the pool and kind of holds you up and lets you kick and flail and lets you go under a little bit, and so you understand what, how to hold your breath and things like that, and you learn to sh- uh, swim in the, in the shallow end. You start to, to kick and, and learn how to get the muscles that need to be um, worked on. You learn how to swim. You learn how to float. You learn how to, you know, doggy paddle, whatever it is when you're little, and that's great. But when you're in the shallow end and you're a six-foot, 50-year-old person, and you're splashing around, Yay! I'm in the shallow end! When, you're, you know, it, when you see a little kid in the shallow end and they're splashing, it's like, oh, that's so cute. But you see an adult male sitting there going, yay! Splashing in the, splashing in the, um, in the shallow end of the pool, in a little three-foot wading pool. It's like, this is just weird. It's just weird. So that's how God sees this. He's like, you know what? When you were born again, you were were four, and you were splashing around in the shallow end. But now you're growing, but you're still splashing around in the shallow end, and it's just weird and creepy. God says, grow. Always be growing. Always be moving. If you can't grow, you're not alive. Growing things, or alive things grow. We can't afford to stay in the shallow end all our lives. The shallow end's easy. The shallow end, you know, when you're a little kid, it's not easy. But when you're an adult, you're just like, yep, I'm sitting here. It's easy. The shallow end is always easy, and it's always going to be comfortable. But it's the deep end. It's that, it's that part where you're going, and it's up to here, or it's up to here, and you're walking, you're like, I'm getting close to not being able to breathe. That's when God's saying, I'm going to have you step out into something greater I'm going to have you do something greater than what you can see or how far you can go. You ever been in the pool and you can't touch anymore? And you're like, ooh, this is getting a little. And then, like, your arms are tired and you start to, like, sink and you can't get that, can't get your head above the water a little bit and you're like, (gasps) and you start gasping. Sometimes Sometimes God asking you to do something is like being in the deep end and you can't touch. He's saying, I taught you to swim in the shallow end. I taught you to doggy paddle and float, but now you're going to go into the deep end and you're going to step into something. You're going to do something that is so great that you you can't see it, but I'm asking you to trust me and to do what I've asked you to do. Walk into the the deeper end, step by step by step, and do what I've asked you to do. God has called us to go deeper with Him. God has called us to do greater things than sit in the shallow end. The shallow end is great when you can't swim, but the shallow end and when you're and you're just born again. But the shallow end is no place to live because you see the deep end and you're like, man, there's so many cool things over there. I remember when I was a kid, it was like, man, I'm in the little kid. I was like, man, I'm in the shallow end. You're seeing all these kids dive in and they're having fun and they got the rafts and, and you're like, I want to go in there. When you're little, that's great because you, you you're edging towards that point. And when you get a little bit taller, and you get a little bit taller, and you can swim a little bit better, you walk farther and farther out. You know, when our kids were little, it's like, okay, stay in this. You can't go past this line on the pool. Stay in the shallow end. And I remember when I was, I don't know, I don't remember how old I was. I was probably twelve, thirteen, maybe. One of our friends, uh, my brother's friends, who's like a year younger than him, was not quite tall enough to go in the in the deep end, and he was. But he was in there kind of playing around, and he was flailing, and all of a sudden I just saw him go down. And I remember just like, he was just gasping, and so I jumped in, grabbed him out, and pulled him out. And I was like, and it reminds me of God that sometimes we're not ready, and we try to dive in too quickly. But God says, learn in the shallow end, but look at the deep end and see all what is going on. See the amazing things that are going on in the deep end and say, you know what, I'm going to learn to walk by faith. I'm not going to walk by sight. I'm going to speak over my life. I'm going to do what your word says. And before you realize it, you're in the deep end, and you're like, man, this is awesome. I've got a raft and a noodle, and I can't touch the bottom, but it's so good. God doesn't want us to stay in the, the bird bath. We can't be a bird bath Christian. We can't be shallow and freeze up in the winter. God's saying, be something that's deeper than that. Be a doer of the Word. You know, so many times it's like, well, be a doer of the Word. Well, I don't know what to do. Well, I'll give you four things that you can do. They're super easy. And um, Sarah and I are, um, we always say, see one, do one, teach one. And we will show you how to do something. We will explain how to do something. We will pray with you, whatever you need to do, but then you're going to do it, and then once you've done it, you're going to show someone else how to do it. So, God asks us to be doers. Just some simple things that we can do, simple things that we can apply into our lives to be a doer of the Word. So, first one is this. And this is super easy. Spend time with people who need people to talk with them or spend time with them. Find people who are not able to be around people or people who just need somebody to spend time with them. Man, if you know somebody that just, man, they don't have the ability to get out or people don't visit them, spend time with them. Go spend time with them. Sit at their house, sit at wherever they are. You know, invite them out for lunch, whatever it is. Spend time with them and sow into them. God is asking you to do that. Help people who are in need. Find someone who is in need and say, you know what? I'm going to take what God has given me the abundance of what God God has given me, and I'm going to be a doer of the word. I'm going to give to someone who who is in need. That's a a big part of the church. When we see someone who's in need, we're not just going to be like, oh, we'll pray for you. No, we're going to find it. When we see someone in need, we're going to pray and we're going to say, God, what do you want us to do for them? And God usually says, you need to take care of their physical needs. Second, or third thing, excuse me, share Jesus with somebody. Sharing Jesus with somebody is huge because it does this. It gives you two two ways to do this. You either have time to talk to them. You're going to have time to talk to them, but what it does is this. It plants a seed in them, but it does something greater because their life will change drastically when you talk to them about Jesus because they have two choices to either accept him or reject him. But when they accept him, their lives will change and you will see a change in them. And last one. This might be hard for some of you. Pray for the sick. Someone who's sick, pray with them. Pray, God, pray, the, pray the, the healing of God over them. Just simple things that we can do. Simple three foot section of the pool that we can do to step forward and be doers of the word. You know, I I want to be that person that's in the deep end of the pool saying, Man, this is awesome, God. This is awesome. I've got my noodle in my inner tube and I can't touch the bottom and I don't know. I'm not like the super best swimmer in the world but I can't touch the bottom but God, I know that you're taking me into something greater. I want to be in the pool saying, God, I can't touch bottom but I trust you. You're going to take me where I need to go and you're going to show me what I need to do. When God asks us to do something, when God is saying, hear my word, don't deceive yourself by thinking you're not just going to do my word. James says, do not merely listen to the word, but be a doer of the word. Do not deceive yourselves by listening to the word and saying, no, I'm okay. Listen to the word and say, you know what? I'm going to do what God's word asks me to do. When God says, you know what, you lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, say, okay, I'm going to go do that. I'm going to find sick people. You know what's fun is when you go to the mall and you see sick people and you track them down. And you say, hey, can I pray with you? We're going to pray that God heals you. Well, uh, well I don't know if it's God's will to heal. Well, I'm just going to pray that God's will... I'm going to pray God's will over you. I know what's God's will. And you find those people and you hunt them down and you find people in the supermarket. Like I was in Ed's couple, oh, probably last fall or last summer and there was this guy and he was like, I, I don't know what language language he was speaking but he was kind of short on something and I just said, God just said, pay for his groceries. I'm like, I, I um, okay. And I was just like, mm. and uh, he's sitting in the Ed's line and one of the cash register ladies is like, um, she said, well, you can get this and this and this with the amount of money that you have. Because she was trying to help him out to, to, to get what he needed. And um, she, she finally called the manager, and, and, and the manager shows up, Scott shows up, and he, she's like, he can't afford that. And or right before Scott showed up, I said, don't worry about it, Put, just give him everything, I'll take care of the, the, the rest of it. I said, and do it that way. And, and um, the guys l- looked at me like, why are you doing this? Because I did what God told me to do. I listened to what he said. I was a doer of the word. Could I afford it? I, I don't know. I probably could have. Was it cheap? No, it wasn't cheap, but it wasn't, it wasn't expensive. It was like $25, but the fact that that man looked at me and said, he just looked at me and said, why? I said, don't worry about it. I said, I just want to take care of it. for you. And He's just like, I don't understand that. Because God asks you to do things, and it says, hey, take care of this person's bills. Have you ever been, if you've ever been somewhere and God says, buy this for somebody, and you're like, why would they want this? Just buy it for them. Sarah does that a lot of times. She'll just be like, I found this and I thought they would like it, so I bought it for them. I'm like, okay. But God's going to ask you to do that. He's going to ask you to step out in things that are, you're not comfortable stepping out in. He's going to ask you to spend money on people that you're like, I don't want to spend money because I don't have extra money to spend on them. But God's like, if you take care of those people, I will take care of you. He promised that He would take care of us. So when we take care of those people, he takes care of us. He's saying, look, you know he stepped into the four foot end of the pool. Now you're working towards the five. Then you're going to work towards the six. But he says, you take care of what I've asked you to do. You do what I've asked you to do. I'm going to take care of you. And you're going to see greater things. He's going to ask you to do greater things. He's going to ask you to do harder things. And eventually he's going to have me ask you to do harder things and If you don't know me, I ask you to, I'll ask you to do things that you don't like to do. And I will challenge you. Because God asks me to do things I don't want to do. Like be nice to people. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, let's pray.